Well, hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Ask Joy, the Detox Coach. Today is Sunday, so I have a special guest on here again today, which is my husband, Sarge. How are you today, babe? All is well, all is well. Enjoying the day. Awesome. Well, we got some really good reviews from our first uh, talk last Sunday, where we focused on detoxing your marriage and then supercharging your marriage. Remember, you have to detox stuff first. That means get rid of everything that's not working, get rid of everything that's sabotaging it and replace it with anything that is replenishing it. And so to me, your marriage is up there in like the top three areas of your life. It's in the top three, no doubt. So if you were here last week, you know our uh, our format, we're going to uh, ask questions that answer questions that you guys have asked in addition to answering some questions about uh, or how can I say this um sharing some things regarding our relationship and how we're making it work so let's go ahead and start with the first question babe we're not playing any games we're playing zero games we're about to answer a really big question and that question is, drum roll, please. <laughs> How often should a married couple have sex? How oh, my. Should... <laughs> How often should a married couple have sex? So what we're going to do, and we figured out last week, uh, if, if you were here, what we do is we say one, two, three, and then we both give our answers at the same time. But I believe there might be a slight delay. So if. If you hear one of us answer first, that's why it might be a slight delay. But um, so I guess the best way for us to answer this question is to say how many times a month. Okay, how many times per month? So let's just put our thinking caps on for a second. Okay. All right. How many times should a married couple have sex per month? One Two, three. Twelve. Twenty. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All righty then. Oh, hey, I like God. your answer. I'm going back. Let me change mine. I'm changing mine. I'm changing mine. Oh, my God. I'm changing mine. Okay. I like 20. Okay. I like 20. Okay, you like 20 better. Yeah, 20. You like 20 better than 12. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's the deal. Um, Let's just answer it this way. Let's start with you. And tell me why you think that a married couple should at least have sex three times a week, which is your first answer and my answer five times a week. Why should a married couple have sex three to five times a week? Minimum. Well, I I think that sex for men. Okay. So sex for men is, is like a, a powerful lift up. I mean, um, again, part of it is, it, it is, I think it's our barbaric self of domination. Um, so it, it gets uh, a lot of energy from that in reference to that dominant energy. And yeah. so, you know, like we feel really good where um, I believe that women, it, it's a little bit different in, in the length of time that we've we've been married and everything it, it i really noticed that there is that major difference uh, where uh, there's a book out uh, men are from mars and women is from venus or vice versa 
where it's showing those differences between us and how we think. And then say, you know, women are emotional beings, whereas, you know, men, you know, we're visual. So it means that our desire to have that is so visually stimulated that, you know, we, we just want to get it, be done, go to sleep. Okay. Um, but in thinking on from the other person's eyes, as far as the emotional, the caressing, the hugging, the uh, those type of things, you know, it is bringing that into the picture as well. So, uh, but I do think that, you know, for us men, it's like, it's just a need that that dominant spirit of us where if we're beat up all day from the world outside the household, that, you know, it's a conquer type thing, you know, in the bedroom. Gotcha. So basically you're saying that men and women uh, may want it for different reasons and it may satisfy different parts of them, whether it's physically, emotionally, or energetically. Um, It may satisfy them. Maybe women um, love the... Uh, emotional side and and just feeling loved and feeling caressed and as if she's being um, pampered or loved or felt. And then you're saying men can use that energy from it to go out and conquer the world. Actually, you're not the first person to talk about that. Uh, Napoleon Hill talked about that. He calls it sexual transmutation. And so he gave it an actual term And that just means what you said, that it does allow men. As a matter of fact, it said the most powerful men, most successful men, the most courageous men in all time were highly. So in other words, they got lots and lots of sex. Um, and, And so there's a reason for that. It does help them to go out and do what they need to do in the world. And women may not be looking at it like that. We may not be, well, I know for sure I'm not looking at it like that at all. It, um, you know, the, the pleasure aspect and the touch and the feel and the emotions definitely are high on the priority list for me. And that's why women have to be very careful with that whole, I have a headache thing. Because if you have a headache three, four or five times a week, you're keeping your man broke. You're keeping your man busted. And you're keeping your man disgusted. Can we be real on this talk, or do mm. we have to be all fluffy? Uh, I, I'm I'm saying real, you know. <laughs> I'm saying real. All right. Um. So cool. That was the first question. Thanks, uh, for sending that question in. I think that's a very powerful one. We can actually go on and on about that one in detail. Um. But we're not. We're gonna talk about us now, huh? Our personal relationship. What do we disagree about the most? Um, and before we answer this question, before I count down one, two, three, or count up, um, I will say that we do not argue a lot. We probably did in um, the beginning, the first few years of our marriage or the first few years of our relationship because I was I was toxic and, um, you know, and I, I, I definitely won't take all the blame. I'm pretty sure you had some things to work on, too. But I'm nope. just speaking for myself. And I'm going to say, I know for a fact I was toxic. And so when you're toxic, when you're toxic mentally, you're going to bring that in re- whatever relationship you're in. And it's going to be a toxic relationship. You're going to have toxic arguments. And so now we don't have like these arguments or disagreements. As a matter of fact, um, 
when my sister was here in town, she would be like, you guys are like, you, you have to realize your relationship is not normal, right? So I didn't know it at the time. I'm like, what do you mean it's not normal? This is normal. And so we're going to help make this normal. But we do have disagreements. And so when I count to three, we'll talk about what our disagreements tend to stem around. One, two, three. Eating. Okay. <laughs> so we were completely off on that one. But go ahead and share your thoughts first. Well, I, okay. So I'm going to address this two parts. The, the first part is... It, with your response in reference to business, it would assume that that may be the highest one um, as far as overall, but me personally, it is eating. But so let me address the business. What we've done, and, and you're gonna probably agree with me on this, and that is there can only be one leader. And as a head of the household, and since we run a business together, it, it, You've always made me the leader, so you know and understand that even when we get into those disagreements, that the final decision was mine um, to make. Uh, okay. And so we will go into those discussions. So that's why, for me, I, I'm not looking at that as far as our major disagreement. Whereas, for now, on the other hand, when me saying eating, then it's like because you're looking out for my health so much where you say, you know what? No, you can't have this. You can't have that snack or you're going to detox this week in seven days and 21 days and all of this. You're going to be the guinea pig. I, I'm going to fight against it because I don't want to do it. You know, so therefore we're going to get no, you can't say you don't want to do it because I, you are you you do very well. But you like you said, you you're in a different different situation where you have a wife where you know this is like I live eat and breathe this stuff so it's like it's it's something that you are having to do more often than the average human being on planet earth (laughs) absolutely but but see here let me let me say this on adding to that where I don't want to do it no it's not that I and you're right I it's not that I don't want to do it I don't want to do it at that time that you told me so I want to choose it when I want to choose it. So that's where the disagreement happens is timing. Yeah. yeah. And usually timing. you're really sensible with that um, because I, although I talk to clients about the best day of the week to start a detox being Monday and I adhere to that 90% of the time, there are times where I'm like, no, we're doing it and we're doing it today. And you're like, uh, it is Thursday. I don't want to start a detox on a Thursday. So you're, you actually are being reasonable. I will give you that. And I don't think that's a disagreement because I usually get my way with a detox or we compromise. So if it is Thursday, then I'm like, okay, we'll wait till Monday. No big deal. Can you hear me? I can. Oh, okay. All right. So let me go ahead and answer my answer it on my side dealing with business the only reason I said business is because I can't think of too many things that we disagree about other than business um should we open up a studio in this location no I don't think so I think and I think that that's where we could have disagreements but I agree with you in that since we know that every business every marriage like there should be roles there should be 
defined identity roles so that everybody is um everybody is knows what their particular role is and it just makes the ship go smoothly you will never get on a cruise ship and there's not like a captain of the ship and the people who take care of housekeeping or or ship cleaning or whatever and the people who take care of navigation and like there's all these different roles and if everybody focuses on doing their role well then the ship goes smoothly and everybody has a nice and safe trip and so it's the same thing with everything like we're in a time now 2019 where people don't want to have identifying roles and they think that that's limiting but I don't think it's limiting I think it's very expansive because it causes it causes you to do a few things well instead of having to do everything and be mediocre at trying to do everything and so since we do have roles and 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 we t- and I know that you get the final say in it it's not a big deal because I'm like okay this is my thought thought okay great so at least you can know that I told you how I felt about it and call it a day all right, so let's go ahead and go to the second question uh, that we had sent. And this question came in all the way from Houston, Texas. And this person wants to know, are date nights necessary? And so I'll count to three and then we'll both. Are date nights necessary? One, two, three. Yes. Yes. Okay, so why do you say yes? Uh, I mean, it, it is. I mean, because again, with the perils of life, meaning everything that goes on in our lives uh, outside of the household, uh, a lot of times, you know, we lose that connection with our, our, our spouse. So I think date nights give an opportunity to um, rekindle uh, a lot of that flame that you, you, you want in your relationship. And, you know, being highly sexed, uh, part of that is is that because again, you know, like if you if you met your spouse and you were dating and everything, that it, there was this this intensity about you know being out, hanging out, laughing, enjoying the time uh, together, and then if it ended with um, you know sexual relationship, uh, then you know it just made it that much powerful. So. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely agree with that 100. Okay. And I would have to say the same thing. I agree that um, day nights are great. Now, here's the deal. I think that they're more official now, like they have an official term. I think that many years ago, people just, they did it, but they didn't have a name for it. They just would say, hey, do you want to go out tonight? Or it might be, okay, we're going to look at a movie at home and pop some popcorn and sit by the fireplace like it wasn't this official like term and day and time that every single week we're gonna do plan something and it has to be this formal planning and so I believe that it should be spontaneous dates mixed with scheduled dates And what I mean by that is I am, life is way, 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 way too short to have every single thing planned. And it's so, that makes things so boring. So I am, and usually that's a good thing because one person in the relationship is usually the one who is um, spontaneous. And so they're the ones that's like, okay, this isn't a Friday at 8.30 p.m. 
It's a freaking Monday at 12 in the afternoon. And I want us to take a quick, uh, I want us to go on a date really quickly and take a walk on the beach or whatever. So I, I think that there should be a nice, mixture so that everything is not planned but at the same time everything is not spontaneous because if everything were spontaneous then maybe it wouldn't happen as regularly as you would like so having a combination of both making sure that everybody's desires are met you know if somebody likes to do things outdoors make sure that you sprinkle some of that in throughout the month somebody else loves to uh and gauge in their hobby and they like you to be there with them like you like bowling and some and a lot of times when you go bowling you want me to be there even though I don't bowl but you just like having my company there while you're bowling so just making sure that everybody's desires are met when it comes to date night and nobody feels like it's they're obligated to do it they want to do it even though you may have to give the person a nudge like hello you know we need to cultivate our relationship let's do it that's fine but you shouldn't be nagging the other person to freaking romance you. Because like you mentioned a minute ago, babe, you know, you no, nobody had to convince you to romance the person in the beginning of the relationship mm-hmm. when you were trying to, to impress them. So you shouldn't be having to do that now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So let's go ahead and talk about who's the, fa- who's the fun parent. When I count to three... You could either say, we'll say either Sarge or, or Joy. One, two, three. Joy. Joy. Yeah. Okay. So why do you say that? Uh, because you're silly. So, the, <laughs> the uh, you know, like, again, you know, like I have my spontaneity, but, or spontaneity. Huh. Okay. Spontaneity. <laughs> The, uh, it's all good. I get you. Yeah, I feel you, baby. I feel you. There you go. Um, and and so again, it, you've always been that way with the kids. So, uh, you've always been that person that was kind of fun. I I'm more of a serious and um, type person. Uh, not to the point where it's a detriment to you know our relationship or the children's relationship, but. It's just not often that I'm going to be fun. Right. So basically, I can't say too much more than that. That's just part of my personality type is I'm motivated by fun. I like to have fun. And so obviously, I end up being the fun parent where we're like, let's do it. And I'm driving you bananas because I'm doing stuff that you feel is too crazy. So I'm like chasing the kids around the house when they're five years old and where most parents are like, no, don't run in the house. I'm like, uh, yeah, we're going to run in the house. I'm going to chase you. You might fall, but you'll be okay. All right. So um, this is a question that came in from. This question came in from Chicago, Illinois. Well, we were just there. And they want to know, do married people fall out of love? Do married people fall out of love um what do you think do married people fall out of love and if so why do you think they fall out of love Whew. man okay that yeah it, it, i'm gonna say well i'm gonna start by saying this it's that um falling out of love i mean uh, marriage is not like falling out of a tree 
So <laughs> it's the only way that I believe that you fall out of love um, is you've never worked on your marriage. You never worked on your relationship. That's the only way that you, it can happen is because you didn't work on it. And because everything was so brand new at the beginning that you stop creating new experiences in your relationship. Yeah. So therefore, you know, you're like, man, I don't really like this person. But the thing of it is, is that it's always going to be those new relationships. Now, on the other hand to that, on the other hand to that, I'm going to say this, is that sometimes because we don't know how a person is going to grow and mature, uh, sometimes we might not like the way that they are going. And instead of addressing it and, you know, compromising, then again, it, it's, it will, it's always the battle. And therefore, one just straight just give up on working at it. And then at that point, the relationship is doomed to um, disaster or to complete failure. Yeah, I, I definitely would say people, I, I don't believe people can fall out of love. I believe that people can stop cultivating their love and their relationship. So what does cultivate mean? Cultivate means to tend to, to care for, to make better. And what's unfortunate, I believe that 90% of the people who get divorced and go into a new relationship, they go into a new relationship with their old problems. And so until they resolve the core issue of the problem, they're going to make that new relationship toxic in a different way. It may not be toxic in the same way it was with the first person, but it's just going to be toxic in a different way. So that's what happens when people don't get down to working on themselves regularly. And so if you're working on yourself regularly, if you marry someone who, when you get with that person, when you, when two become one, then the goal should be for the rest of your lives to enhance the other person and to continually work on yourself. If you do those two things, you're good to go. Mm -hmm. Because you'll constantly be working on yourself and improving yourself, improving yourself spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally. You'll constantly be improving yourself. And then you'll wake up every day with a desire to improve the person you're with in some kind of way. Whether it's like, how can I make your day today? How can I make your life easier today? How can I make you, how can I make you smile more today? Like, if you go into it with that mindset that you're always developing, personally developing yourself and your spouse, you, you won't fall out of love. You won't fall out of love. You'll grow more and more into one another every single year. You'll grow more and more in love every single year, hands down. Mm -hmm. Hands down. Mm -hmm. yeah, All right, I that just, was a really good question. But I want to add something to that. And, and I'll never forget hearing this uh, from 
uh, a minister and he was like, you know, in marriage, it's two broken people coming together to make a broken marriage. And what that, it, so therefore, if it's broken, you're trying to pick up the pieces together and to mend it again as one, building it from that foundation of brokenness. So if. But what do most people do? But what do most people do? So most people go and they see the broken pieces of the other person. And so they're continually holding up a mirror mm-hmm. that says, mm-hmm. you need to fix this. You're broken here. You need to correct this. I'm tired of dealing with mm-hmm. this. And Absolutely. they're all over and over and over and over again. Instead of looking to improve and enhance one another, all they're doing is tearing down the other person. So that's when they look up one day and they get sick of tearing down that person and that person is tearing them down and they said we fell out of love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what they that's what they attribute it to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. All right. Um so this is a question regarding us, and this is how many happy marriages do you all personally know of in your family that's been married twenty plus years? So we'll try to think on both my side and your side of the family. And obviously we may not know the details of happiness. So we'll assume, we'll just make an assumption that if they've been married over 20 plus years, that it is a fact of happy marriage. And so uh, I'll count to three and then we'll answer the question on how many personal relationships we know of in our family that has lasted over 20 years and they're still together and, and appear to be happy. Um, okay. One, Two, three, two, four. Okay. So, um, do you have with just pick one of those two that you mentioned, mm-hmm. and what have you learned from that particular person's marriage that you want to implement in your own marriage? Mm. That they are tremendously, tremendously friends. Um, they're just friends. It, yeah. it, it, you don't see a line there. Mm, that's good. So that's that's, that's probably good. the biggest thing that I can say. It's like there's no line. It's that's like it. best friends. You can't see one without the other. Yeah, it's so interesting because I think we might be talking about the same same couple. And so if we are talking about the same couple, that's the exact thing that they exude more than anything. It's just a very close friendship. Like they love doing everything together. They laugh a lot together. They entertain family. Mm -hmm. They, um, They talk and talk and talk and talk, communicate all the time. And when you walk into their home, It's a very warm energy, okay? Mm -hmm. I like what uh, our mentor, our business mentor says, which is success leaves clues. And so I believe that's the same when it comes to a happy marriage. Success leaves clues. A successful marriage will leave clues, point blank period. So that's really it for today. Um, Man, this was really, really good. I enjoy doing these because... I feel like so many times there's people who are having happy marriages and they're not telling people what they're doing or what they're experiencing or how they've overcome obstacles. And, and we plan on being op- an open book 
and just sharing from our heart. Um, this is just something that we want to do for people who are, doesn't matter if you're single, married or divorced or, um, dating, it doesn't matter where you are in the, in the faith, in the, um, in the phase, the whole dating game or, or phase or whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter where you are. It just matters what you expect. Because remember, you don't get what you want in life. You get what you expect. And so we just want you to raise your expectations, raise the bar when it comes to relationships. Don't give up on marriage. Don't give up on being happily married. Don't give up on finding somebody who completes you or finding someone who you would consider your best friend and your lover and, and, and somebody that you travel with and talk to. Like all that stuff is available. There's 7.5 billion people on earth and you can definitely find someone who you're enjoying life with and you shouldn't have to settle. You should not have to settle. As I started this conversation off with saying that marriage is one of the top three choices you'll ever make in life, then you want to make sure someone who you don't want to make, you want to make sure that you feel good in your heart and your spirit and your soul on who you're saying yes to. All right. So that's really it. Uh, are we going to be back and do this again next Sunday? Yep. We'll be back next Sunday. And you know what, guys, I do have something that I want to offer you for being a loyal listener. I mean, just in two sessions, I mean, we are really, really gaining some traction and you know, I'm really excited about that. So, if you know of someone or if you yourself is someone who has been married for five years, okay, or less, okay, five years or less, you know, we got some questions for you and we want to bring you on the air and have a conversation with you and just uh, talk to you because, again, it's some new people that are getting married and guess what? We may just be able to give you some insight. Now, it, just send those in. Um, to our site, uh, our Facebook, uh, and Joy's going to give you those details when she posts uh, our podcast. And guys, look, we want to be of help to you because we have been successful in our marriage and continue to be successful in our marriage because we're not fronting. We're not fronting. It's like we are real. <laughs> yep. You asked me, you, you asked real me a question er baby. earlier. You said, do can can I be real? Absolutely. I mean, we don't know any different. Okay. So we want to help you again, five years or less. Uh, we want to hear from you. Okay. So therefore send it in. Uh, let us know if we can be of service to you. Joy, I just thank you for, you know, definitely bringing this on again. Um, you are my light and and you are definitely the light of others as well. So I definitely appreciate Aww. it. I look forward to helping so many people uh, with their marriage. I mean, because it is really, really huge to me. Um, and I've always wanted to be married, even when I was in high school. So uh, that's kind of Aww. the thing. All right. Awesome. I love it, guys. Until next time, R3 for life, reverse and try and rebuild your body, mind, and marriage.